Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. Bros, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast, a dental advice show. I am Joshua Austin. And I am Lance Timmerman. Lance, we have a three-timer on today. The first time I think we've ever yeah. had a somebody on for the third time. Although I don't know if the second time counts because I wasn't around. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you guys had your own you guys had your own little Timmerman party. I we forget did. where I was. Where was I? You had a Kerr conference. Oh, yeah, that's right. Was, was that when that was? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. yeah. We've been ready for the Wheeler Walker uh, Junior concert, so we thought that's right. we can put out a bonus episode. Why not? Yeah. That is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have on uh, Lance's brother, Clint Timmerman, uh, all the way from Colorado? Pueblo, Colorado? Pueblo, West Colorado. Is that different than Pueblo, Colorado? It, you know, coincidentally, it's west of Pueblo. Okay. You know, like, it's aptly named. Is it 100 miles west or is it 100 feet west? Which one is it? Uh, more, <laughs> more, yeah, more 100 yards-ish or so. Okay. And, and I, I just, did have a question. This is my third time. You know, on yeah. Saturday, Saturday Night Live, you know how when a host uh, goes five times, they join the five-timers club. The five-timers club. club. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They yeah. Bathrobe nice, and sweet it, bathroom. It, it, anything like that for anybody that gets, like, say, you know, five times. Or we'll anything. let you know when we get there. We'll just send you. A, I'll just have Lance steal your robe, and we'll have uh, a well, boy, uh, Lance. It'll probably just be a punch in the taint or something. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Take it. I think didn't we have some kind of discussion the other day about uh, like a ball tap or something like that when we were talking about circumcisions? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you'll get that. You'll get you'll get a little ball tap. Let's me know that, that yeah. I'm there. I've made it in the world. It, 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 it will be great. It will be great. So we're recording this fairly late on a Monday night, at least late for me. Uh-huh. It's square in the middle of y'all's evening because we um, had to wait till the end of the just riveting <laughs> Monday night football game of the Seattle Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings, the Percy Harvin Bowl, right. um, <laughs> as I like to call it, where uh, for most of the game, it was three to nothing. Yeah. And somehow it ended up, what was it, 21 to 7, a flurry of points in the last, whatever, 10 minutes of the game. Uh, yeah, I was watching this, like, why are we waiting to the end of this horrid game to, to I record? I to come home to record this when it was uh, 14 nothing, and then when I got yeah. home, realized 21 7. But it was 6 nothing with, what, six minutes left? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a... It was a boring game. That's when I was like, <laughs> I'm ready anytime, guys. <laughs> Horrible color combinations, really, because the oh, Seahawks, who have, who have honestly, my favorite uniforms in the league, when, it, when they do like the, the navy on navy, mm-hmm. great look. The navy with the accent of the lime, hot, you know, hot yeah. highlighter lime green is a great look. Even their gray jerseys are a great look. Yeah. The all highlighter green jersey and pant. Is not a good look. It, it's just T- wrong. Tough look for my guys. Ridiculous and endearing at the same time. It's yeah. kind of like the old Denver Nuggets uh, uniforms. They used to have the. the I love the, ra- the Alex English and Kiki Vanderway. Yeah, yeah they're like rainbow. Awesome. Great, great throwback jersey. Um, and then the Vikings, you know, they're they're yellow and purple. So you've got like the highlighter green versus yellow and purple. Um, not a great uniform game. Yeah, this was this was the Cosby sweater uh, episode of Moneyline. Absolutely, Football. yeah, abs- absolutely. So there was some talk <laughs> online of it looks like a very strong possibility that the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks are are almost destined to meet in the playoffs. I think so. And someone talked about a bet, and I'm totally happy with doing that. But here's the problem: is that I like the Seahawks too. I'm. I, I, it's not like I hate the Seahawks. It's not like they're the the Eagles or the Redskins right. uh, or the Ravens or, or a team that I really dislike. So it's almost just disingenuous because I actually have like an autographed Russell Wilson helmet in my oh. office. And I have like a, a Seahawks jersey and T-shirts and because I, I like Russell Wilson. I like Earl yeah. Thomas. Um former Longhorn, you know, sure, so sure. it's it's a little disingenuous. I think we really, to make it a real bet, 
We're going to need to get the Miho Anthony Gonzalez in on this because he really is like the true devout, you know, Cowboys fan. So we'll, we'll check with him and kind of okay. see. see I was going to say, if it helps, I, I hate the Cowboys, or at least yeah. I, I did. I, <laughs> Everybody I does. Days, they call them America's team. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Where, where's that from? Why? It's. Well, it's it goes back to like Roger Staubach, and and you know, I mean, it's 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 like the Yankees were in the the fifties, sixties, and seventies. When you're good at a time when there's only a few games on TV, sure. You know, Joe Schmo in South Dakota starts rooting for the team that's always on TV, right? And the exciting team, yeah. Um, and so, so that that's kind of that's kind of what happens, but. It's hard to hate an eight and eight team, and the Cowboys have sort of been <laughs> like a hovering over five hundred team since the nineties. Uh-huh. Uh, won those Super Bowls, right? It's it, I think they've won two playoff games since then, and so it's just hard to it's hard to to hate on a team like that that just doesn't True. have this long track record of of success. I'm trying to think of a team that it's easier to hate on. To me, I think it's the Giants by a long shot. I just I can't stand them. I Eli Manning is just the worst. Literally the worst quarterback that's ever won two Super Bowl MVPs. Yeah, that, that's, that's um, the I, crazy part. I challenge anybody to contest that. Yeah, no. See, I, I almost as an NFC East fan, I would have rather had the Patriots. But really, well, yeah, okay. I just hate the Giants. Hate the Giants. It's like you guys with. Um, I'm trying to think of a well, NFC West team. We're Washington Husky fans. So whenever Oregon is playing, even when they yeah. playing an SEC team, we're supposed yeah. to root for Oregon, but nah, we don't. No. Yeah, got it. No. Not gonna happen. Got it. So yeah, that was a it was a somewhat boring game. I needed. I thought I needed Adam Thielen to go crazy um, for uh, a fantasy league, and I actually didn't. I ended up winning handily thanks to Amari Cooper. Um, so oh, Cowboys, uh, Cowboys helping me out again. How about that? There you go. Perfect. How about that? It's everyone is loves. It's just riveting to hear uh, talk of someone else's <laughs> fantasy team. Right. So we'll move on. We will move on quickly before we get people tuning away. Um, listen, so Clint, we brought you on because last week we had a question about NYU School of Dentistry. And I'm trying to remember the exact question. But basically, they were having a, it was a, a student at the school wrote in and they were having a meeting at the school where they were going to answer questions about where the $90,000 a year in tuition and fees that they're spending is going. And so Lance and I kind of came up with uh, some suggestions to, you know, things I would expect for $90,000 a year. And so I wanted you to come on and kind of talk about what your experiences were based on some of the things that we suggested. So you had said that you didn't quite pay that much when you were there. So kind of, if you don't mind, go over a little bit of when you were there and sort of what you were staring down the barrel of from a tuition standpoint. Sure. Well, I got the, uh, I walked away with the steal of the deal of $550,000 uh, for NYU. Uh, the cost of year was about 130000 and tuition my last year was about 50000 at NYU. And uh, you had wondered if that meant that Gordon Christensen was giving me my start signature for pro fees and turnout was my you know, head periodontist, implantologist. Uh, he was actually there at the time, but I never really did see him. He was more with the, the uh, you know, the post-grad students. What? You mean he wasn't there just like <laughs> helping scale, uh, helping dental? Some dental hallway student. once yeah. and gave him a, a shout out, you know. And, but he, he said and to leave me alone. Get away from me. <laughs> exactly. I'm not saying that the education was substandard. Uh, but it definitely came with a price tag. And when people would ask me, they would tell me, Hey, you know, my, my brother got into NYU and his local state school, where should he go? And I, I'd always give him the same answer. I'd say, go wherever's cheaper. Um, I mean, just because we all get the same license, um, we're all going to have to take a bunch of continuing education anyway. And even though NYU, I, I think I did a, a, Actually, um, Lance, you did way more crowns and dentures than I did. Mm-hmm. But if you give it enough time, I mean, I, you kind of catch up as far as uh, you know, speed and skill set and experience after you know, however many months or years. Just to give it a couple years out of school, and you catch up to anybody with different requirements. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I, I don't regret my education there, but it's just I feel like I'm going to be paying this off. Uh, well, for the Forever. rest of like your kids yeah. are going to be paying this off. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. What? Give me time period. When were you there? So I was there from 2003 to 2007. Okay, so that was 50 grand, and that's more than a decade ago. I mean, that's just, it's kind of startling. Oh, and it's just going to keep going up yeah. uh, for both dental and medical students. I have a, a friend. Now, actually, I thought NYU was doing medical school for free. I thought that's that was something that I remember now, I reading. I did see that headline, which kind of made me at first think like, well, gee, why didn't you do it for me when I was there as a dental student? But apparently the med students are getting that for free. Um, I have a friend of mine just down the road at Rowan University. It's another med school. But after his first year, he was $200,000 in the hole. And so you're just going to get this where more physicians, dentists are just going to keep coming out with these just exorbitant amounts of debt. Um, And it's just, it's becoming more difficult to make ends meet because you're just behind the eight ball, like so far to start. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, even today I'm reading online where people are thinking, hey, you should do a residency. You should, you know, good associateship or doing pro fees. And that's all good and well. But how many years can you go where you have this much debt where you you really need to get the ball rolling? Um, One, to be able to make ends meet, but, you know, or to pay your debts back as well. It's just it's a different different game uh, than it was before, because I think. Lance, isn't even the person you bought your practice from? Didn't he come out of Washington with almost no student loan debt and then no practice debt? Yeah, yeah, he had nothing. He owed nothing. And that'd be nice. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely not the case for at least a lot of us coming out of school. Well, back in the 70s, they were encouraging people to take loans just to take the loans. And it's a lot of people just bought cars and houses with their student loans. And wow. It was, yeah. My ethics professor, he uh, he bought an Alfa Romeo with his student loan because he had nothing else to buy. <laughs> and I mean, you bought an Alfa Romeo? Like, of all the things you could buy, that's the car you landed on? Hey, it was the 70s, okay? Jesus. Wow. <laughs> he still had a porn stash in the 90s. Nice. <laughs> Damn, I, I was taking loans out just so I could afford, you know, your basic, you know, New York pizza. You're just kind of damn yeah, brick oven. stuff. Yeah, brick yeah, oven so- on 33rd. On 33rd. Clint, tell me, tell me about your living places. Well, actually, it's pretty funny, too, because even the, the first place I lived, I think Lance mentioned this last episode, it was uh, right off of Washington Square Park, uh, 116 Waverly Place. And I had this racist, horrible landlady who lived in – it was actually uh, an old home. It was, one of, uh, it was actually where Edgar Allan Poe had the first ra- uh, reading of The Raven. Uh, the public reading of it. And I don't think that place had been touched since then. And I just had this little cubby hole of a room with, uh, you know, it was a desk with a bed over it, barely any space, no air conditioning. And we put up with this landlady shit just because I was paying about $775 a month. And she even made the New York times for just how horrible she was. I mean, her, her name was Miss Claire. And uh, she would keep tabs on everybody going in and out of uh, the the building. You know who, you know what times people are are coming in and out. And uh, you know, as I mentioned, she was racist, and she would ask these uncomfortable questions to people too. Um, I had a white male roommate who was dating an African American female, and the way she'd always address me too is she'd always be like, "Clinton, you know, is is David your roommate? You know, is he having relations with that woman?" And uh, I remember just being like, well, okay, that's really none of your business or business, but, uh, and and I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. And who knows about that? And then, um, even the, because she would never actually fix up the building, even the guy that stayed, he was in my room before me, the ceiling caved in on him while he was asleep. And she was telling me about this and she, she would just tell me like those girls above you, she they just do this boot dance nonstop. And I know that just, they're trashing the apartment. You just, they should, everyone's just going hog wild in this place and destroying it. Clint, your old Jewish lady voice sounds much like my old Jewish lady it, voice. It does. I, I think yours is related <laughs> to Miss Claire. Yeah. And, um, you know, even I had a roommate who was uh, Asian descent, but he grew up in Colorado. And she could not understand that he spoke English as a native tongue. <laughs> and so I would, one day I saw her talking. His name was Spencer. And she would just go up to him and say, Spencer, I need you to walk and she make these little walking motions with the, her fingers walk the garbage bags outside but they have to be white garbage bags they can't be black garbage bags spencer and then he's looking and go oh thank you 
and keep walking. <laughs> and meanwhile, like all he's thinking about is the Broncos when their next game is. <laughs> and like how great it was when Elway was around. You're, you're rolling a why? Why are you acting like you you don't speak English? And he's like, trust me, the least amount you need to say to Mr. Yeah, Brandon. it's just much better. Yeah, it's much better. <laughs> yeah, the least yeah. interaction, the better. Yeah. And I remember once, you know that. Uh, you know, I had someone that came to surprise me. She was supposed to be out of town, and I get this, you know, this phone call because she did not like people staying at, at the apartment. No, she wanted zero overnight guests, and I get this. That's not really hurt, like. I know it's not, <laughs> and I get this phone call. And I like, hey, look out the window, and I look out the window, and like, there she is. And I look down, like Miss Claire, just you know, scowling. Oh no! Like, not good. You gotta be kidding me. Like, not you know, and then good. I remember, Clinton, what is this? Like, well, she's surprising me. You need to tell me if you're gonna have a surprise. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. So, um, w- would you call her a slumlord? Is that? I mean, would that felt like that? Okay. And a lot of us, you know, I had the cheap rent, and she had no next of kin, no friends, and there were a lot I of other. Why. And it, yeah, exactly. They they all wanted to. Um, they were hoping that they would be the model tenant. So maybe when she dies, that she would pass on an inheritance to to <laughs> that. You know, like that Nate boy. He was. I'm going to give him the building because um, when she died, she died actually in 2010. Uh, it sold for six million eight hundred fifty thousand. Wow. And then they renovated it. And then it sold for twenty million six hundred fifty thousand. I looked this up earlier, and um, so whoever got the place just made a killing off of it. Uh, and then they ended up making the whole thing one. There were five floors to it, but they just made it one continuous, you know, walk up about seven thousand square feet. And I added or I put in the mortgage calculator. If you wanted the building, it would be about eighty three thousand dollars per month to afford the building that I had lived out. Uh, post renovation and so yeah whoever got the building definitely made a killing off of it but this is the type of stuff that we were putting up with just because i was living in the village for 775 a month and then lance actually when he visited me had a one-bedroom apartment off 27th and lexington where i was paying about 1700 a month and anybody from the city when they would come over would say man i cannot believe you're getting such a great deal in such a large living space you know, for for this amount of money, you got a steal of a deal, and then anybody visiting me like, why the hell are you paying so much for such a dinky place? And you have a ki- like a stove on the way to the bathroom because we, you know, the kitchen was just in the hallway, <laughs> and so it's just a it's a whole different lifestyle that you have living in New York compared to most other places. But wait a second, you're telling me the real estate game in Pueblo West, Colorado, is not on the same level as as uh, Midtown Manhattan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, now I've got a eighteen hundred square foot house, and we paid a hundred sixty eight thousand for it. So it's just a little different, just a tad. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> wow, jeez, jeez. I'm just glad that like I just can't imagine the stress of dental school plus all of that, right? Like that's what's sort of what's sort of crazy. And plus, I, I can't imagine having New York City at your disposal and then being expected to study and do lab work and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I loved the thing I do miss about New York is all the stuff to do in Manhattan, or even on a on a day's whim, you can just go out to Montauk, you can go to the Adirondacks. There's a lot of really fun stuff. Um, I definitely miss that. Um, you know, when people ask if I, you know, what I do miss about the city, it's like, well, you know, do I miss walking out of my apartment and seeing the Empire State Building? Yes. Like, do I miss stepping over the dump that some homeless guy took <laughs> on the steps? Okay, I don't quite miss that. Yeah. And then it, it did come with this price tag. And um, one big misperception I think I had of dentistry going into it even was that, hey, my earning potential, it doesn't matter what, how much debt I take out. I'm going to be able to make it up because, you know, dentists do well. And then you get out in the real world and you realize how much it takes really. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, it really is. So that's why my advice still to everybody is just honestly, just wherever is cheapest. If it's American Samoa, just do it. Yeah, you, you'd be uh, you'd be like one of those Polynesian kids in America Samoa, um, you know, like all the kid, all the Polynesian kids that go to USC, you know, like a pipeline. Just just get in there, right? Yep, yep. Get in there. Well, guys, this is an advice show. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We answer our listeners' questions. We answer questions we find on all those neat little dental Facebook groups. We answer questions from Reddit. We strive to help dentists and dental team members with our own unique brand of advice. So please, listeners, we need your questions. They are the sustenance we crave. You can submit your questions to workinginterferences at 
gmail.com. Now, we don't want just any question, do we Clint or Lance? I don't think so. No, I'll pass. <laughs> we uh, don't want a bunch of boring questions like, what's the best value in dental education? Because we all know that 90 grand a year for NYU is the greatest value ever <laughs> for dental education. We want the tough questions. We want the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer. Question one, Hoda asks, what's your take on another dentist calling one of your rock star employees and offering them more money in order to steal them from you? You guys ever had another dentist call one of your employees or try to recruit one of your employees away? You know, I have actually. Were they, were they physically a rock star, your employee? Uh, like physically? You mean like... Uh... Well, I mean, that's what the question is. So it's like the question is, you know, if you have somebody who works for you who is also simultaneously a rock star... Well, I did have Nikki Six actually as an yeah, nice. You know, I would, I what are you going to do once it's the post rock? You know, when he when he hang it up, you know, yeah, the guitar yeah. away. He's got to do something. Lita Ford has totally changed her game, and, and now uh, she's making temps. <laughs> exactly. That's right. There's there's a guy that does a lecture here in San Antonio. He's a, he's a dentist here in San Antonio, and I've seen this program like on a local AGD meeting, and he's a nice guy, and I don't mean to blast him. I'm not even going to say his name. Um, but the name of the program is How to Prep Crowns Like a Rockstar. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, like, fucking Mick Jagger can't prep crowns for shit. Like, I guarantee <laughs> you. Right. I don't want to prep crowns like a rock star. Yeah, I don't want to prep higher. crowns like a drugged out Keith Richards. Like, I want to prep crowns like an old prosthodontist. Teach me how to do right. that. Like, that's right. what the name of the course should be. Teach me how to prep crowns like a crabby old prosthodontist. Yeah, in that case, the moves of Jagger is not what you might want. Not good. No. Yeah, no, it's no. hard. The moves you, with moves like Jagger, it's hard to put a chamfer uh, interproximally where you have deep uh, old amalgam. Like it just doesn't work really well. No. Um, I, I hate that. Like I hate to, the term of like referring to a rock star or referring to something good as a rock star because rock stars kind of are awful people and well, they're pains in the asses. It's just overplayed. It, it's it's yeah. it's lost its meaning because it's stale at this point. Like, oh, you mean a hygienist who, like, trashes her hotel room and can't keep her face out of a <laughs> pile of cocaine? Out. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> for a hygienist. Sounds like a great hygienist. I'm, I'm stoked to have that kind of hygienist around, around my office. So let's let's just, let's uh, posthumously or, or in post-production, let's edit that to say, how would you handle one of your great uh, employees being offered more money from someone else in town? So that's happened to you, Clint? That that has happened, yes. Was that in Iowa or was that in Colorado? That was in Iowa, actually. Okay. I did not have the resources to completely match what the other person was offering. Was it a jump? Was that a huge, like crazy amount? No. You know, and that that's the crazy thing is, too. I'm not sure if either one of you had this where someone, and it seems legitimate. They love you. They love working with you. Everything's going well. Uh-huh. But then someone down the street offers a a benefit and that benefit might be i mean it, it just could be like extra you know five dollar starbucks gift cards per week or whatnot or it's health insurance but it's just crappy health insurance well no i i had one where it was a crazy ass uh offer and i just looked at her and said you're stupid if you don't take it but but you're you're gonna come to me in 30 days and want to want to come back yeah, they, it seems like they always want to come back. It seems well, like they always want to come back. What happened was that I had this hygienist that was working with me for a little while. Uh, funny enough, I let her go. What? And, <laughs> and she she made it to another Hold office. Hold on, but, Lance. The room is spinning. I need I to know, get my bearings. You actually I mean, let someone go. I, it was so weird. It was it was it was rare. But so she but she saw that I did a lot of sleep apnea, and so she, she tells her new office, oh, you should look into doing sleep apnea. Well, we ran into the, 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 her and the new office at a sleep group solutions course. I was trying to get my, my current staff up to speed, and so I ran into my some of my old staff. Well, anyway, the new office thought that who I had working up front knew the game and knew how to do all the medical billing and knew how to do all that stuff, not realizing that that person had none of that responsibility. Holly does all that. And so uh, when they were offered, they offered like $8 an hour more and a, a car rental and parking and just crazy ass shit. And I'm like, um, you're dumb not to say yes, but in 30 days, you're, you're going to hate it there. And they're going to they're gonna fire you because you're not and bringing. Yeah, they're going to be upset. They're gonna, they, they think they're getting something and you may not have been totally forthcoming with your qualifications. Uh, but, you know, 
I'll, I'll give you if you call, come back in two weeks, I probably would not have filled your spot. But after thirty, I probably have, and I won't just take you back. So here's the thing: how how do how am I supposed to know how good a hygienist is or an assistant that I don't work with? I have no way of knowing. Exactly. So unless you do a working interview. Even then, like, how do you get to the point of knowing who's worth offering a working interview to? Well, so she, it was, she was going off my hygienist recommendation, but uh, I fired her because she was stupid. And so <laughs> this, so clearly she didn't relay the right information because she's dumb as a fucking mud fence. Yeah. Yeah. God, mud fence again. Jesus. <laughs> I was just for you. Okay, good. <laughs> Which and I'm sure you both have had employees that even in a working interview or shortly thereafter, they seem great. They're doing everything uh-huh. perfectly. They're on the ball. I had this term that I developed called riding the six. It was the first six months <laughs> that day were awesome. Now that six months really might have been six weeks, six days. Oh, riding six the six. And so I'm like, oh, she's riding the six. And then when when the true colors that come out, like, well, the six is up. Uh-huh. Um, so you, so Josh, no more you, six. You, you're right. Like. Sometimes you just you really don't know until you get in the thick of it. If I ask a prospective <laughs> assistant or hygienist if they want to ride the six, I'm <laughs> fairly certain I'm, I'm going to get sued. Yeah, and, and it, I, I hope they would say, "Well, at least props for being honest and not lying and saying, hey, you want to ride the 11? Like, <laughs> like let's shoot for the middle with ride the six. They'd be like, "Yeah, right, pal." Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, the biggest thing I look for is just someone that's that's trainable. But, I, you know, even if like, let's say that that I had an opening today, Mm -hmm. you know, like trying to hunt down who the best hygienist is or assistant is at another office. There's just no way of knowing that there's not some like resource we can go to with scouting reports on people or anything. I, I, I just don't know. Well, in a way, it's a compliment to you because they think that whatever you're doing is something to emulate. So they'll steal one of your staff to come over and, and replicate that. Yeah, they're going to be sorely disappointed. I really know, quickly. Yes. <laughs> they really clearly quickly. don't know you. And I've never tried to blatantly steal someone else's employees. Have you? And, and I mean, do you make a call? Do you do you send that bald guy in the trench coat like in, uh, you know, Willy Wonka and the, you know, the chocolate factory where it was... It, it was all just a ruse to try to. Yeah, what was that guy's name? You know, he had like the he wanted the gobstopper. Uh, yeah, who was the bat? Uh, I can't remember that guy's name. But yeah, he ended up being like Wonka's secretary or something. Yeah, I mean, and do you do you send right. someone then to be like one of your goons to approach him? And I, I don't even know how to go about this. I did poach somebody. Uh, God, I was a bit. I was Slugworth, out. Arthur Slugworth. Just FYI, sorry to like drop that in. I had a a, a a new employee at the time that said, "Hey, you, I, this other office that I came from, we had this assistant that was really well liked, and I was looking at the time, so she said, gave me her name and uh, interviewed her, and and then offered her a position based on the recommendation of my other employee, someone that they had worked with, and uh, she worked out for about three years, two years, and um, so." I don't think I've ever hired somebody that that didn't apply for the job. Yeah. Right. So I didn't have an advertisement or something. Like, you know, I had I had some sort of advertisement and they applied to it. That's how I heard about them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because I went hunting for whatever rock star employee. Mm-hmm. That's just not how it works. If, if, so if if like if one of my employees says, "Hey, so and so down the street offered me four dollars," and we're like, "Fine." Like if you want to go, then go. Yeah. The, the way I, I, I this isn't slave trade. Do what you want to do. The way I justified taking that person from the other office was I don't think it's possible to steal employees. If they want to go, they're going to go. Right. Uh, if you're offering, if your job, if your employment scenario is such that they're happy and they're well compensated, we should all be paying a fair wage for what they're doing. Um, if they're happy and the work environment itself is, is that one intangible that's so hard to, to, to put a value to because you might, that person might be poached to the other office in a work environment that is really not as good as yours. So if I'm providing a great place to work, we all get along, we have a good time, that kind of thing, uh, and yet they still want to leave. All right, well, I'm not going to hold you back. I'm not yeah, going to. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, what do you? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to get into a bidding war. This isn't no. eBay. No. Um, just let it. I mean, let them go. And if mm-hmm. they if they're miserable, which they very possibly might be, like they'll come back. Yeah. I, I think if you get into a bidding war and match, and they stay, there's chances that you both resent each other. 
and it just will never be the same again, and it will be the countdown to the end. So just let them go, and then if they are not happy, they'll may come back, like whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? There's, it's never a good precedent to go ahead and cave in and match because then they, they think they've got you, and they yeah. can always hold it against you. Just keep turning that screw. Yeah, yeah. keep yeah. turning that screw. Keep no, turning thanks. that screw. But now that I think of it, I think every person that I end up matching or just trying to make sure that, you know, hey, what, it, what does it take to keep you here? Um, it's still inevitably, they, they still left, even yeah. if it was a different office. So it never, you know, worked out in the end. And you know, if they were yeah. wanting to go or ready to move on, then, then hey, move on. Yeah. Everyone's going to leave at some point. It's true. Everyone's going to leave at some point. So, so Hoda, um, I'm assuming this is the Hoda from the Today Show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Kathy Lee and Hoda. With the morning um, wine. Dr- yeah, drink another glass of morning wine. And uh, you'll find someone else to replace this one who is probably being stolen from another office. And we just start the cycle of just stealing employees all the way around. Yeah. You guys Which is that? crazy. Uh, I'm not sure how, you know, how uh, small or big of an area you work in, Josh. But do you guys kind of feel like you recycle the same employees anyway? Everyone's just kind of high. Oh, yeah. It's, it, dentistry is very incestuous. We just trade. That's weird for you to say when your brother's on the show. Just FYI. <laughs> it's not weird to me. Amber asks what is your office protocol when a patient brings in a crown or bridge for re-cementing the bridge in question was swallowed by the patient she waited a few days and went quote unquote fecal diving (laughs) (sighs) what methods of sterilization do you do you use prior to reseeding if patient is adamant about not remaking the bridge. Who came up with that term fecal diving? <laughs> you don't fecal dive on occasion? This is the, uh, this is the, they're, they're testing this sport out uh, for the Olympics uh, in uh, whatever, 2020. I mean, it sounds like a typical um, Saturday fecal night. Fecal diving. I mean. <laughs> Which, first off, my protocol would be just spit on it, rub it on your shirt. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah. Air go. water strange and we're good. Uh-huh. And approaching the platform just for the gold it. medal dive. And the 2020 U.S. Olympic Fecal Diving Championships. <laughs> Just lick it clean. Exactly. You're and, good. And this patient is already doing this office more of a favor than something else I heard. I, uh, I had a front office assistant who, when she was in Florida, she had a patient that swallowed a crown and then full on took a dump on a box and brought it in the office and asked the assistant. <laughs> no, that's can, that cannot be. No, and, and luckily they refused. They stood their ground in this case. <laughs> So that's uh, <laughs> that's one of those. Adam Carolla has this bit called Germany or Florida, where they sort of would scrub the locale part from the story, read the story, and you have to guess which one it is. Did it happen in Germany or Florida? And if you read that story, it like literally the only two places in the world that that story could happen are Germany and Florida. That's that is it. Florida that has to be the Sunshine State. <laughs> That's got to be apocryphal. Like, if anybody out there listening in, in Radio Land can confirm that story, please get at us. Working Interferences at Jim, If you are listening to this, I'm going to send you a link. If you can yeah. s- confirm this somehow, because you're the one that told me about this. That's amazing. <laughs> so, have you guys ever had a patient swallow a crown and then told them to, like, go digging for it? Uh. No, no. I'm trying to- <laughs> I remember in dental school, I had a buddy down the, just on the one bay over. Uh, patient did come back a couple days later with his gold crown. So I witnessed. I, it's just a tough ask for a patient, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it was a patient's idea, so it'd be different than if the dentist is like, "Hey, save me the lab bill. Can you just bring this back in a couple days?" Yeah, that's a tough ask. If the patient shows up and says, "Hey, I'm, I just saved a." You know, you know the, the the generation that survived the, the depression. They're very very frugal. They save wrapping paper at Christmas and they shit out their gold crowns. Yeah, I mean that's a sort of the Christopher Walken from uh, <laughs> yeah, Pulp Fiction kind of deal. Like it's, when it's their idea, it's different. Yeah. Um, so I've had two sort of swallowing events that I was worried about aspiration, and then they, thankfully, knock on wood, ended up not being aspiration events. Uh-huh. One of them was a great one. It's a, it was an office manager for a really great orthodontist in town, like one of the best orthodontists in town, like mm-hmm. sort of the complex adult orthodontist. Like there's kind of two or three of those guys in town. Is one of those. His office manager, he had referred the patient to me to res- restore, like, it was a restore an implant bridge or something like that. And I had just gotten back from Wanawak, which is like the 3M key opinion leader event, which is right. sort of like, 
I mean, I was there with like John Burgess and just like the who's who, right? Right. And I'm feeling like, all right, I finally made it. I'm in, I'm in this like, you know, cool crew of these, you know, industry leaders, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really cool. And this was like the second patient I saw Monday morning back from that. And I, you know, like trying to screw it in or take it out or whatever, drop the driver and try to grab it right quick and it's gone. And so I have to call the orthodontist and be like, uh, yeah, the orthodontist wife is a MD. I was like, yeah, can you have Simone uh, order a chest film for me on Linda? Uh, she, she may have aspirated an implant driver. Fortunately, she didn't. I did not ask for it back. Just mm-hmm. you, you keep that however you want to keep it. Right. The, the other one was recently with like a cusp of a, of a third molar I was taking out. Um, same kind of thing like taking it out, break the cusp, try to get it before, you know, a guy's hair trigger gag reflex, Mm. um, sent him for a chest film. Luckily it wasn't in the, in the, you know, wasn't in the, in the lungs. So, um, use a, use a throat screen guys. Uh, but, but in this scenario, I think this seems pretty easy, right? Like I'm assuming they're going to clean it off with some soap and water before they bring it to you, right? They're not bringing it to you like with shit still hanging off of it. Yeah. It's it's not like they're, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're bringing it to you at least clean. And uh-huh. You throw it in a sterilization bag and you run it in the autoclave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? There's nothing. No problem then. An autoclave can't possibly reach. Like, all right. So let's check. What is? Let's see what. Um, what temperature does zirconia? It's a bridge, so it has to be zirconia. Right. So that's like a, at least a thousand, isn't it? Yeah. What is zirconia center at? And your autoclave is at like two seventy. So. So autoclaves at 270, the highest, um, so it's 1,415.50 degrees Celsius is, is what zirconia centers at. So you're doing nothing to the zirconia by, um, by running it through an autoclave. Nothing. And yeah, it, it, you're, you can't, can't hurt it. Yeah. You, you're telling, just, let's see. Zap what is, it, seed it, Bob's your uncle. I fucking hate that saying. <laughs> Some British bullshit. Um, I think one time I tweeted. I think one time I tweeted. Like, I think the exact tweet was, "Bob's your uncle." Fuck you, Britain. Um, and, and the reason I think of that is because at some point somebody posted something this weekend about Kyler Murray, the uh, Heisman Trophy winning oh. quarterback from the Oklahoma University. Bullshit. I hate those bastards. Uh huh. And and I guess he had tweeted something when he was like 14 years old that like maybe wasn't exactly uh-huh. a coherent thought and he got in trouble for it. And it reminds me of of the day um, I tweeted something. I, it was like a, from my personal Twitter account. I was watching ESPN in the morning. It was during the World Cup and I do not like soccer. And I tweeted something at Bob Lee, the guy on ESPN who's like their soccer guy. Uh-huh. And they had this like five minute super flowery video tribute to the U.S. men's national team that won one game, mm-hmm. lost three games and had two draws or something like that. Like how much of a great step forward it was for U.S. soccer uh-huh. that this team like went one, three and two or something like that. Like something ridiculous. It was a horrible, horrible experience. And like, oh, U.S. men's soccer is here to stay, blah, blah, blah. And so I tweeted them. Do we really need the seven-minute flowery video about a team that went one, three, and two? He retweets it, and I come back from like in between a patient, and I have something like ninety-five Twitter mentions, and a bunch of people found my website, (laughs) and people found the Bachelor thing, and started like it was not good, and so I immediately shut down my Twitter, and I think I just like deleted everything because I was like, this is not worth. It's like he shot a line or something. It, it's stupid, like soccer. Like, come on, soccer is is garbage. And and <laughs> if you need me to tell you that, then you're just in denial. Um, I like soccer, but I understand where you're coming from. Right, right. You know, I I, I, I get the argument, especially if you're into American sports. It's just different. Yeah. So dental autoclaves work at one thirty two Celsius. So it's like one tenth of of the temperature you would need to cause any type of of deformation or cracking or p- problems in the bridge. So yeah. yep. autoclave it. Even a PFM just I mean no you're it, it's the way autoclaves work is by heat and pressure. 
Mm-hmm. It's not by just, it's not like a cre- crematorium oven. You're not going to scrub the prosthetic. Just run it. Spray it down with some cavicide, put it in a, in a bag and run it. Um, I, I like this idea because the patient brought it and they got it. I don't like the idea of, hey, uh, save me $95 lab fee on a remake on this and here's some gloves and go dig through your own Right. Go diving in your own feces. Or a shoebox full of shit for me to have to sift. <laughs> I want to know if that story true. <laughs> my, my line is well before that. <laughs> I have to know. I have to know if that's true. Well, that's like that's like sort of a clinical Cleveland steamer is what that is, really. <laughs> it really is. That's a good point. Jesus. Because, you know, like if you give a stool sample, and I've, I've not made it to the point in my life where I've had to give a, a stool sample for anything oh, diagnostically. Oh, the you, it's like it's like a little sample. It's not a whole loaf. Like, it's not the whole thing. <laughs> well, pleasurably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole different thing. Here's um, what you asked for, Doc, and here's a little extra something. something. Yeah, here's a little extra for you. <laughs> Oh God! We'll call that a tip. Twenty um, percent extra. Just the tip. Oh Jesus! Um, I gotta know if that story's true. I got it, and I just want to know how this conversation. I want to know what the patient brings in. Is it a shoe box? Is it a, like an Amazon box? I gotta know about the box. I gotta know. Okay. So many questions. Okay. Give it to me. I will. I will text Kim as soon as we're done with. It. Yeah, like, like, and are we talking like solid, like pieces? Or are we talking? <laughs> what is she like? Diary in a mixing yeah, bowl yeah, or what, something? And I need it. Like, how does the patient? Does the patient put the box? Like, put the toilet seat down and put the box on there, or do they put the box on the floor and they're hovering over it? What's <laughs> There's just so many. I this don't know is, if she asked that many details, but I'll, I, I'll see. I don't, I I don't know if the, the, the makers, makers of cereal uh, have plans for season four, four but, but I, I feel, feel like this this would could be, a good be topic. it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, the, um, the ins and outs of the courtroom is a little bit boring, so we need to know about Yeah, we need something know. more like this. Um, so, Amber, just cap aside it and run it. It's no big deal. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You're doing the patient a favor. And I'm totally down for this. If Brits came out, instead of remaking it, yeah, like do this. And then when it fails in a few years, like then you you did the right thing for the patient and they'll remember that and then you'll get to do it again. It's fine. Totally. You guys ready for a banger of a Reddit question? Probably. Hit me, man. I say it's a banger of a question. We've literally, this is episode, what, 55? 54? Lance? Ish. Somewhere in there. It's we're early to mid 50s. Yeah. We're about like we're, I don't know, you're, how old are you, Lance? 48. Okay. So we're, we're in the, in the range where we're older than, than Lance's and years and episodes. There you um, go. I feel like we've done a derivation of this question no short of 19 times. <laughs> I think you're probably right. But it's still a great question. And this was sent to me by, let me give credit where credit is due. This Reddit was sent in by listener uh, Sean McCormick. So thank you, Sean, for sending this in. This comes from Reddit user Skip in My Step. And you'll know why there's a skip in their step in just a moment. Skip in My Step asks, Can I give oral sex after having a temporary crown? My boyfriend's visiting me for Christmas, but I have a root canal scheduled a week before and I'll have a temporary crown. Can I give oral sex or would that be bad for my teeth? Curious to know. <laughs> what do you guys think? Canned, and, well, and I do know, I did read kind of around, so I did find that this is a female, so I'm not just assigning gender pronouns uh, uh, willy-nilly. Gotcha. So I'm using appropriate gender pronouns. Well, Can look, uh, she, far be it for me to discourage uh, oral sex at any time. Very true. We don't want a cock block on this podcast. No, that's just not what we that's are what about. We're do. Right, yeah, no. no, we want to enable. We're, we're enablers. For sure. Okay. And, uh, you know, it depends on this person's technique. You know, are they more toothy? I was thinking of technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are we talking anterior posterior kind of deal where there's no there's no talk about, you know, is this 31 or is this 9? Right, right, right. right. Now, I, and if a patient expressed this concern to me, I, I may even just give her, one, I may just lock the temp on, you know, or, you know, give him just plenty of temporary cement. Because, again, I don't want to cock block whoever this guy is and ruin the holidays for him, yeah, you know? exactly. I'm going to be Dr. Buzzkill. I mean, Christmas comes but once a year, but this guy might come twice. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I have in the past few couple of months, I've had several patients I prep crowns on before they left the country. And, and I've just gotten to the point like my policy on that is if you're leaving the country, mm-hmm. I am going to cement your temp with glass, just a plain glass iron or cement, um, uh, Reliax looting, um, Fuji Sim, something, you know, Keytex Sim, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if I got to cut it off, I got to cut it off. But what I don't want is a phone call while you're in the Netherlands that your temp came off, right? I don't want to have sure. to deal with that, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know as if if she asked me this, I'm not sure I would change my my cement prescription based on this. I mean, how many crowns have you done in your careers, Lance and, and Clint? I mean, I'm assuming, Lance, you've done more than Clint. I would... Um, 5,000? Maybe. We're all in the thousands sure. at this point, wouldn't you think? Probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever, five or ten, whatever, somewhere in, in that neighborhood. Um, I guarantee you that of that percentage, a, a solid hefty 25% or more probably gave oral sex while you while they had your temporary on. And you probably never and ninety-nine percent of the time you never knew it. And here's mm-hmm. the deal, if it came off, do you think anybody would say, like, oh yeah, no, I was totally yeah. just <laughs> mouth boffing my boyfriend and this thing came off like you're never going to hear about it it's fine yeah um i do like what uh box dropper um said which is a great reddit name um and this is just a great question do you want to give him a blowjob i could give a reasonable case both ways if you do go ham your <laughs> tooth is fine if you don't the temp could be an aspirational hazard don't risk it happy holidays which is just beautiful <laughs> advice and I don't know who you are, Box Dropper, but if you're listening, come on the show. That's great. that's the kind of advice we're looking for. for yeah, sure. if you want to do it, don't worry about it. I, I'm not sure I would use the term "go ham" in this scenario. That's maybe yeah. not maybe the, the terminology I would use. But go, yeah, go go uh, go nuts is maybe a better uh, terminology. <laughs> um, just you know, literally, um, do do your thing, girl. Get your groove on. Um, but if you don't, this is a great excuse. It's a great excuse. Instead of having to say you've got a headache, like most of them do, you know, hey, you can yeah, just yeah, say it's a temporary yeah, crown. Yeah, yeah. And oh, my jaw is a little sore today. Oh man, it's just not. It's just not happening. You're so big that I don't think I'll be able to open wide <laughs> enough. Um, so that's that's great, great advice. A couple other people uh, get after it. It's fine. If you're both consenting adults, this should not affect your temporary crown. If it's a metal shell temp, I would not want my parts near that, as an occasionally an edge will get sharp. How exactly <laughs> are you going to, like, rub your – and on this podcast, we celebrate the foreskin. How exactly is, like, the foreskin going to, like, get that distal lingual margin of that temp shell crown? And who's doing metal shell testing? Yeah, that's what I say. Who's putting the stainless steel crown? Yeah, what is it? It's 1994? Come on. Challenge accepted. Hold my beer. Right. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me make this temp, and then I'm going to watch John Starks lead the Knicks in yeah. the playoffs. Like, come on. What are, what are we doing? Yeah, Lance, uh, you should try that. And then you're going to hear from your patient later on, like, oh, my boyfriend had to go to his, you know, the ER because he had some lacerations on his penis. And, oh, God. It worked. <laughs> yeah. That is so coming. Uh, another comment. First thing I see when I visit the separated dentistry, which is totally true. Like this is nine times out of 10. When I come to the subreddit dentistry to look, it is within a minute or two that I find a question like this. I generally rarely do I have to dig deep to find anything. Um, so, you know, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this brings back the question that we've had Lance over and over and over again is how much oral sex is happening out there. Way more than I thought. Way more than I ever experienced it any time in my life. What is happening? Yeah, was, it seems to be a great concern to a lot of people. And so much. Lead with this something. Well, I, I tried to ask these types of questions on a PTA website once, and it, it didn't go over very well. <laughs> it didn't go well. Yeah, no, that's I feel like Reddit's not, probably the better place for yeah, it. No, I, if you're going to ask this, Reddit is a great place for right. it. However, I just find it very interesting that this is your first question. First thing you've ever asked on Reddit in... They joined Reddit on April 25th of 2018. So they've been on Reddit as a uh, have, having an ID and a password and all that stuff for what for seven months. Hmm. Never once thought, oh, I need to ask the good people of Reddit a question about this or that or the other. This is the thing. But then this, it's a big deal. 
I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. They came to the right place. Can can we cater to this a little bit more? I mean, I I know that you we had asked um, you know, the gentleman from Oral Arts when we were in Indianapolis about different appliances for all yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah. People are asking about it. I, oh, uh, like we make some sort of appliance for somebody while they're in a temp. Sure, or or even market this where I mean, I had a patient once that was he couldn't couldn't even stick his tongue out. And he made a comment like, oh, my poor girlfriend. And I just kind of laughed. But then I realized I legitimately probably should have asked if he you know, wanted some options to take care of that. I just wonder if there's a niche market where you could even be like the oral sex dentist, you know, something that people will come to you specifically for you know, the various issues or let's, anything. Let's invent a cement. We'll pitch it to 3M or to Kerr or whatever. A cement that's specifically made, a temp cement that's specifically made to hold up to the scrutinizing conditions of oral sex. Yes, I I, I think it's a gold mine. So last week we we tasked our listeners with coming up for some kind of terminology, some sort of portmanteau for for butt acne, and I think we had <laughs> I think we had asne, which I can't remember who yes. said that. Uh-huh. Um, we had a, we had a couple, but asne was kind of my favorite one of those. We, we do need a name of a temporary cement that's specifically made to hold up to the rigors of oral sex. Yeah. So uh, if you can... Uh, kombucha. And Lance, you've got some uh, 3M connections from your BioClear peeps too, right? So Yeah, I think Mark... Yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark. yeah exactly. Yeah, Mark, we're, we're going to come with a product that we can pitch that we can we could debut it at IDS this year. It's fine. we got plenty of time. Yeah. Um, totally. The first cement specifically designed. I bet uh, it takes off. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. It will. Uh, it will. Uh, it's going to get huge, literally. I mean, Pecton's yeah. entering the U.S. market. This is just going to blow it out of the water. Yeah, it's it's a cement that does not suck, but it might blow. <laughs> I'm thinking like if we if we exactly. pitched it to to Kerr, it'd be like Maxim 69 or something like that. <laughs> like, um, that. That would be a good one. Um, Reliax Blow Me would be, uh, I think, I think uh-huh. maybe a, a good way we could go. Um, Keytech come, uh, <laughs> something like that. Yes. I think any any of those would would work well. Which, Lance, do you remember some of the products we saw IDS last time? There was like the black wood uh, toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, one. That, there you were could, so could, many. So I'm sure in Europe this will this will play marketing like synergistic okay. you know, yeah. approach to this. <laughs> For sure. Well, Lance and Clint, it's a new world we live in. Apparently, it's a world where everyone wants to know what weird sex things they can do immediately after having dinner work. Mm-hmm. Hey, so it comes to mind for me. I just don't know what to do. Um, I really don't. I mean, where are these people? Why have I never met any of them? Like, why when right, I was single, right. where none of these people are around? Yeah. Um, it's very the, strange to me. The FOMO hits hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> So, Clint, as you, as you know, you've been on the show before. We have a tradition for our guests. They get to pick a song. So I want you to be thinking about your song as I hit the uh, the closing notes here. Okay. Well, um, that's going to that's gonna about do it for our show tonight. Thank you for uh, for listening and, 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 and enjoying and participating in our Demented Reindeer Games. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed this, share with share with a friend. You you have to know somebody who would enjoy this as well. Roommate from dental school, person you sat next to in lab, your associate, your partner, whatever. Anybody anybody uh, um, above or amongst that. Uh, that's how we grow the show by word of mouth referrals, just like we grow practices. So please share with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening. Um, What's uh, what's a score that we like? What number do we like the best? Big fan of five. Big Fab fan five. of five. Love five. The Fab Five, right? Five works uh, for me. So if you're flicking through Podbean, flick five stars. Hit us up on the web, workinginterferences.com. Yes, I did it. I did not. You say did it. W final. <laughs> it only took me till December. Um, so hit us up on the web, workinginterferences.com. Hit us up on all of the social bullshits. Social Facebook, bullshits. Uh, working interferences with Josh and Lance. Twitter at Winterferences. Please don't go digging for old racist tweets or anything like that from from the at Winterferences account. I don't think you'll find anything. Instagram <laughs> at Winterferences. You can find me on Instagram at Josh Austin DDS. You can find Lance on Instagram at DR Timmerman DMD. Clint, are you on Instagram? Uh, I am just as CS Timmerman, but you can find me on Twitter as Sizzlechest DDS. <laughs> I love the it. one and only. <laughs> Is that a, a Jerky Boys reference? No, I uh, got badly sunburned in Ocean City, Maryland once, and someone called me like, hey, sizzle chest, and it kind of just stuck. 
Nice. I love it. Uh, I, I believe that I've, yeah, I've heard I that I on Jerky Boys. Boys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So I Clint, I was ripping them off. There you are. Clint, tell me about your song. Well, you know, it's, it's the holiday season and I thought we should go for something that everyone uh, <laughs> just feels really good about when they think of the holidays. So baby, it's cold outside. Uh, no, um, God, I, I was uh, just about to just hang up on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, actually, uh, not sure if you're aware of this, Joshua. I mean, we already talked about the uh, Seahawks earlier, but on on Fridays, there's now this tradition where you you wear Seahawks gear on Fridays, and they call it Blue Friday. Uh, so it's the even, day before, even when they're going to wear bright highlighter green on their next game, it's still blue. It's still it's Blue Friday, blue. yeah. Even or even when they announce yeah. they're going to wear their, their wolf gray, so that's Blue Friday, but. They didn't play on Sunday. Uh, they played on Monday tonight, obviously, even though they, they did have the highlighter green. Um, and so I thought, it, you know, instead of Blue Friday, something appropriate might be Blue Monday. Nice. Which you may be familiar with the New Order song, uh, Blue Monday. We were just talking about before you got on about how much we dislike Mondays. And so that makes a lot of sense. That does. That really does. Which uh, kind of an interesting. Actually, Lance, you might know a little bit more about about this too. But uh, be prepared for a thirty-minute uh, graduate-level dissertation about all the I members of New Order, where they come from, and all their links to everybody well, who their mentors were. We, this is totally what we live for. I don't. I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, when I needed to take my Western Regional boards in Seattle, when I was trying to screen patients, Lance had a, a perio patient, someone that qualified. And we'd always talked about going to Manchester. We were always in the Manchester music scene. And uh, so he gave me this patient. I get this voicemail like, hey, man, you owe me a plane ticket to Manchester. And so we actually finally made it to Manchester in 2008 and had a chance to go see some sites of either things that are still existing, like the Stalford Lads Club uh, or the La Hacienda was a club that a lot of bands used to play out and it, it's now just some condos. And um, so we actually made a trip out to Manchester and even discovered some newer bands like the Cortinas. We're playing there. Um, but we've always been into the Manchester music scene and the history of New Order is they actually they originally were a band called Warsaw. And then they became Joy Division. And then, unfortunately, Ian Curtis, uh, as they were getting big, uh, Lance wasn't only maybe a couple weeks before their American tour. I think it was the night before they were going to go. The night before, yeah, he decided to commit suicide, left a wife and child, and uh, the band decided to to continue on or Bernard Sumner was their lead guitarist correct and then he yeah. uh, became also their lead singer but uh, wasn't there some sort of with Tony Wilson's uh, company didn't they have something with Blue Monday where it became one of the, the highest selling singles but New Order based on their contract didn't get any of the royalties or any money from it uh, wasn't no, there a story they, they got it they got everything but because uh, the artist retained all the rights and so tony wilson didn't have a, a library to sell to london records when that happened so that's why new order produced a whole bunch of new albums when, when they made the deal with london records uh, but blue monday pretty much paid for the hacienda to stay in business for as long as it did that's right so it was more that tony wilson is the one that got the, the short order you know he the short screwed. stick right yeah yeah, yeah. So New Order, you know, they've taken off and, you know, since then have splintered off to other side bands or, you know, Electronic, you went over earlier. And mm-hmm. even Peter Hook now is, he's the basis for New Order and he and his band tour around. Lance and I had a chance to see them last May. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good stuff. But usually when people think of New Order 80s, Blue Monday is what they think of. So uh, after that uh, literal uh, PhD dissertation from Clint <laughs> instead of Lance, um, <laughs> the Timmerman brothers with their, uh, intricate knowledge of, uh, which is that new wave? Is that what you would call sort of new order? Would they be in that sort of third British invasion? Or, sort of. They, yeah. Yeah. Ish. If only they knew that much about 
finish lines and preparation styles and retention and resistance. If yeah. only. Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so this is uh, Blue Monday by New Order. So for Clinton Timmerman and Lance Timmerman, I'm Joshua Austin. Peace and celebrate the foreskin. <laughs>